Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the uh, Square Triangle podcast. I almost fucking did it again. <laughs> uh, just ro it rolls off the tongue. Um, and if you saw the recording earlier, no, you didn't. You couldn't have. It didn't record. Take two. Um, we are uh, discussing Russell Dream. It is the Antonio Inoki Memorial Show. Uh, I personally hope they don't make this a yearly thing because then it just feels like they're milking it. Yeah. Um, which is, AEW is want to do. Like, admittedly, AEW is want to do. Mm hmm. I like that. You have new people who train. You but, have new people who are trained by the people who are trained by Inoki. But um, are we in agreement that uh, Wrestle Dream was pretty much AEW's best pay per view this year so far? Yeah. I think I think uh, AEW has this thing where they're constantly trying to like one up themselves, and it gets a little frustrating to me to be like, "Oh yeah, that was the best pay per view ever," and then another one pops up like, "No, that was the best pay per view ever," and then we come to this one, it's like, "Okay," but I guess yeah. it's like a, I guess it's like a good problem to have if you're AEW. Yeah, but the thing is, I I think this was their best effort because they pretty much had a mixed bag as far as. You know, everybody's different styles and stuff, you know, coming together. All right. Mm. We had some of everything on this pay-per-view. We had spots. We had technical wrestling. We had slap fests. And uh, we had Darby. We had Darby career, off another, another 18 months of his life. Representing Pride. Shane Taylor. No, Shane Taylor. Well, it is a Shane Douglas, but he's not in AEW. Shane Douglas he's is a bad. very old wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, she hit. Yes, yeah, she hit. I think Lee Moriarty with the O face. Yep. The fact that she calls it the O face. Yeah. Good.
you're going to hear about this person either here or at, in WWE. And yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. They, they got a lot of high hopes and faith in um, Billy Starks and Nick Wayne. Because I think those two are going to be, you know, future stars of their divisions, respectively. Mm hmm <clears throat> yeah. You can see Brian Danielson, it's okay. We'll touch on that in a sec. Mm-hmm. And then, and then start booking collision. Yeah, it's kind of like the, yeah, it's kind of like this weird synergy that they're building between uh, AEW and WWE. But you know, you got too many people on Twitter arguing about you know which one's better that they don't really see it. But I kind of see it. You know, there's a very loose working agreement going on here. Right. You think you know him? That was probably he, a two-way answer. He answers answer. that in the scrum. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah, because I missed the scrum. Yeah. So what, what did they do? Uh, exactly. They, he's holding a camera guy like this while, while he's getting, he's getting like 2 a.m. footage. Dar Darby helped him shoot it, and it was and it was like, "Hey, Darby, we want to. I want to get a sports car. I want to go this." And he takes it to the fucking ghetto in in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, that, it was great. That is probably the most Darby thing he can do. And there, there is there is another story. There's another part to that story that uh, is um, he was he was just eating a. He's like, I want a cheeseburger. And he went to go get a cheeseburger at a, at a little diner and a little kid saw him and they go <gasps> and he goes Shh. and the kid goes <laughs> I thought that was really cute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh -huh. um, so, so basically uh, going back to the edge thing, so basically they Kenny Omega, were they Told him not to. They tried not to candy Omega the guy, you know. Just kind of kept everything, everything on the wraps until he debuted. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, but I remember that story, Sharky, because um, they, I believe, I think it was uh, the Vince McMahon or Triple H that was trying to, you know, lure some of the AEW talent over to WWE, you know, on on the wraps. Yeah. Yeah. 
because I guess Bobby Fish thought he was going to have like an easy route back to WWE, but you know, they just kind of, they left him on, they left him on, and they left him on read, so he ended up in Impact, so. We're, yeah. we're having fun here. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Yep. Something we'll talk about as we get into the pay-per-view proper uh, that we touched on a little bit with uh, the Josh Barnett match was uh, Moxley on commentary, which is a highlight of this pay-per-view for me. Mox is comes, just, comes back is just out there vibing on, um, uh, on comes, real grass. He comes back, he comes back and he's like, uh, I can't say the word I was thinking because they they, they're going to find me again. Yeah. Yeah, but but in the same breath though, that match was really antics heavy. Okay, so you know MJF is going uh, MJF is going to get his antics uh, antics and you know as usual, you know his usual, you know, stick that he does with the kangaroo kick and like cheating and stuff like that shit. Yeah. It's funny that you say evil brother love because, as far as I know, brother love was almost always a heel. Yeah, he, he was more like evil Southern Baptist pastor, mm-hmm. in a way. He kind of reminds me of um, John Goodman's character, the Big Lebowski, a little bit. I don't yeah. know why, but I'm just kind of drawing that comparison. Yeah, I think, because I think they were going to be a big part of that Bray Wyatt storyline, but it just fell apart. You know, I don't know. I don't know how it fell apart, but it did. Yeah. Mm. Especially Vincent, man. That dude is like a gem right now. It's exactly what I wanted. Uh, I don't. I don't like. Uh, you know, Eddie Kingston still thinks wrestling is real sometimes. Like, 
almost on some low key shit. Uh, but but he can flat flatten a dude, unlike low key. Yes. Yes, he yes, was called Cabal. He was on NXT season yeah. two. He won NXT season two, and then he just got jobbed out a lot and left. He did. He, yeah. he did a battle rap on NXT. And, and he dropped Impact on NXT also, which probably got him in hot water with management. But hey, it's low key. What do you expect? Mm -hmm. I think commentary kind of mentioned that it was kind of a you know strong style versus King's Road kind of match where Eddie Kingston had favored King's Road and Shibata obviously from New Japan Pro Wrestling favors the strong style but it was a fantastic it was a fantastic argument mm-hmm Well, I think I think him saying that is mostly him saying I can't work all these indies that I had planned. I can only work yeah. this stuff where my titles are. I think Eddie Kingston is just focusing on what's important now. So, yeah. So he has his. Who's going to tell him wrestling is not real? That's the question. I'm not. <laughs> so, I will let him think wrestling is still real sometimes. As long as he doesn't do a low key and like knock someone unconscious. Real graps.
hasn't lost since. It's it's wild to me that it's it's kind of it's kind of a misrepresentation. It's classic, you know, wrestling statistics that they just kind of make up. Um, because Julia Hart, how many matches has she had before becoming part uh, of the House of Black? Maybe like ten. Ten in three years. But 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 my point is she didn't have a lot of whole a whole lot of matches until she started wrestling in the House of Black. And she's doing really good. I I was saying that to one to the person I was watching with because I was watching with people who don't watch wrestling super often, um, and their only real frame of reference is AEW, um, and so uh, I I try to I try to explain Charlotte's moonsault that like kind of over rotates and like mm-hmm. she ends up kicking someone in the face more often than not, um, and I was like this moonsault's a thing of beauty. And on top of that, I just, I just like Julia Hart's character work overall. You Correct. Know, like, it's amazing. You know, how she, I've, in such a short period of time, she has just, you know, evolved into this complete version of herself. Mm-hmm. She, she, she has like, Claudio's strength. Because she yeah. is just freakishly powerful like i was impressed I, like this is probably one of chris Statlander's better matches i've seen lately yeah you know and because she uh the way she was just you know towards the end of the match the way she was just manhandling joy uh joy of heart just lifting her up in different positions like that was impressive yep That was pretty good. Yeah. Because I think... Me and my work... (laughs) He just looked like an angry dad who just lost his daughter gets to fucking lose a fight. He's like, my work daughter will get you next time. Mhm. Oh, he's a good dude. I we're talking about character work. I really like uh, Julia Hart's like character work. I, like the whole mystique about the entrance, and I know the House of Black all have that like super cool goth like time skip entrance um but like the way she does hers where she's like very elevated um when she gets up on on the on the bottom rope or whatever where she's just standing on it as she as she the lights come back on she's like this it's it's really cool right Well, mm-hmm. well, in Alexa, like, 
like in Alexa Bliss's case, she went from like the, the the cheery, you know, glittery cheerleader character to you know the mean girl to you know the spooky. Yeah, crazy there was a, there was a middle yonder way chick. There. So it was like, and I would I would say she does the goth thing better, but I think Alexa Bliss does the mean girl thing better. Yeah. Much closer to hell. So do I. Congratulations on your child, Alexis. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think she goes straight for the women's title. Oh no. But I'm trying to have a, I have a hard time figuring out who exactly gonna set up the beat Chris though, because uh I don't know. Uh did he, Ruby Soho, they just keep beating her at the worst time. Right. Yeah. Mhm. Mm yeah, like cuz as soon as she gets um into the performance center which she already is, you know, uh as soon as she gets all of the basic fundamentals and their style out of the way, I think Jay's going to uh, skyrocket. She's gonna be a mega star because, like, she she's pretty much suited for WWE. She looks like a Marvel character, first of all, she and really then on does. top of that, you know, they can polish, you know, the greenness that you know AEW kind of showed everybody. So, Jay's gonna be a mega star. She'll be fine. I I want yeah I want to see her specifically get work from Beth Phoenix because she already uses her finisher. Yeah. Oh God. Ooh. Ah, it sins of the sins of the father and all that. He's like, no, get get up. No, I'm not doing that. Shout outs to the New Age Outlaws. The ref saw the New Age Outlaws tape. He knows. <laughs> Let me see if I got what I got written down for this. Hold on. You think I took notes? Not that much. I hear it. I didn't hear anything on the scrum. 
Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, it, it's probably up in the air at this point. I, I guess, you know. Yeah, so uh, it, it, it's one of those, you know, <laughs> we won't book this until we know who's available again. So uh, I hope if Phoenix is injured, you know, prayers for speedy recovery. And uh, I just hope that they get this situated because now the international championship is kind of up in the air. I'm okay with it. I think it'll be a really I think it'll be a really good match. I mean I mean Right, but where who else is FTR to go against? Fair enough. Sure. I mean, I, I would have much rather they went uh, went after Bullet Club Gold, but at the same time, you know, Jay White's kind of, I guess, is setting up a uh, MJF's next feud with him, and he's going to be a little busy for a while. So, uh, I, I guess you know, I mean, this is where we are. Yeah. So, the pinnacle return. Well, oddly enough, Edge and FTR are friends in real life. So, because uh, yeah, I think Edge made reference to him when he was still then when they were still in WWE during something that happened. Um, I think it was like when Seth Rollins broke into his house and he was feuding with him. So, yeah, he made reference to Dax uh, and Cash. God, it was it was weird. Yeah, like the pandemic era of pro wrestling was weird. I'm going to go back and watch a lot of that stuff. I really do. I would say this is the second best match in the night. It was really good. This was uh, an absolute banger. This was my match. favorite match because it had the storyline implications. It had it had good wrestling. They me they meshed well. It had kind of everything for me. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was. Like, all the while, Swerve was still doing his heel stuff as well, so, you know, this is, to me, Swerve's best match in AEW so far. Okay. And, um... He had a lot of time to shine as a solo star. I he really, say. yeah. Because, so, you know, because he I was hope... in that tag team with Keith Lee, but, you know. I hope this gives him more of a more of a shine as we go further on. Oh, it will because I think this was this was the signature match of um his AEW career. I think this is the one that basically takes him to the next level, where mm-hmm. now you got to consider him in title pictures. Okay. Um... Didn't he ask for his release? Uh, and we knew, the, and, and everybody knew it wasn't going to work without Swerve because he right. was the main reason why it worked in the first place. So, yeah, Yellow got released, and pretty much Swerve went to AEW and reformed his own version of the Hit Row, which is Mogul Enterprises, and they're all pretty badass. So the um, the Gates of Agony and Brian Cage. Who looks like an absolute D and D barbarian? So, uh. Mm-hmm. It's re- I, I, I I like the fuck. What is it? It's the one where he like he like kicks them from behind. The house call. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the single leg drop kick from behind. Yeah, that's my, that was my favorite move of his. It's it's really unique. It, it catches you from a weird angle. Yeah. I also I also kept thinking about that promo where it's like, "What's a buckshot to a kill shot?" That shit was that was absolute fire. <laughs> If, uh-huh. if this match doesn't tell you that Swerve needs to be a main eventer or somewhere in the upper mid card, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he really should be a champion right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, hell, I wouldn't put any national title on and see what he does with that. You know, just as a good, I, as a good dry run. You know what I'm saying? I, I would love to see him with the, with uh, with uh, rather, the world title. I'd rather him be in the world title picture, but you know, you build him up slow enough, the crowd will get behind it. So, uh. So did I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It was. Yeah. I I want to see more. You beat up one of my dads, I gotta beat you up. It... Moxley just casually, Moxley casually dropping that Daniel Bryan likes tantric sex just had me in tears. I don't know when it was, but Moxley just, he was just vibing out there. It just casually dropping information I don't think we needed to know. So and I'm yeah. like, okay, Mox, were you smoking in the back before you came out? He just, um, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Hit me? I don't care. Yeah, I'd like it. I I, I want to see uh, I want to see Starks go through all of the BCC. Like, and, and Stark. And that's what annoys me because Ricky Starks has, has the capability to be a top star in AEW. They just keep hitting the star. They just keep hitting the stop button on them. Just let Ricky Starks cook. That's all I want. Let Ricky Starks go out there and just be a big star because you're going to need him in the next two or three years. Yeah, when all your damn stars are injured. Yeah. To be fair, that's more CM Punk's fault than anything. Yeah. Eat shit, Phil Brooks. Real grabs, baby. Real grabs.
you you couldn't put two more complete and you know beautiful stylistic pro wrestlers together. That was a clinic. Okay, I, I, they did some things that I've never seen before. Like, 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 their chain wrestling is fucking insane. Like, I was just, I, I, at some point, I think I just stopped taking notes because I'm like, holy shit, what in the hell was that they just did? And they did it so beautifully. Like, their transitions in this match was the, the highlight of this thing. You know, seven, and on top of that, Mox was on commentary again, just vibing. Seven years in the making for this match from when seven years Zach and Zipper it was Jr. worth was the it. Cruiserweight Classic. That was great. Yeah, because. Because this has been a running thing on um, AEW television where Nigel McGuinness would just like take shots at Brian Danielson. He would call him Brittle Danielson and whatnot. And yeah, it was just entertaining to watch those two just go back and forth with each other. And that's when Mox did the whole, uh, I can't say this because I'm probably going to get fined again. Yeah. He said, make him pay for that shit. <laughs> really good. <laughs> oh, my God. About 15, was, 20 minutes. Yeah, about 20 minutes. That's a technical wrestling, like, fucking classic. Yeah, well, yeah, like, the first strike came, like, within, like, five, six minutes of the uh, into the match. That's when the first strike occurred. I'm like, they literally went damn near six, seven minutes without throwing a single punch or an elbow or anything like that. That's just how good these two are, though. Yeah. And everybody was into it. I'm into it. Give it to me again. I, I, I need that again. Run it I back. forgot that Mauro Ronaldo did commentary for the Cruiserweight Classic alongside Danielson. I miss Mauro Ronaldo. I'm I'm so sad that they kicked him out of that. Yeah, <laughs> with his feet on the desk. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the the meme. She was the crying girl who, uh, well, crying woman. She was at like, college aged. That's mm -hmm. that's Ralph Aubrey. 
AEW has a really good memory when it comes to callbacks. Yeah, for sure. It was big. Well, and she's also from Washington. So it's it's her, it's Swerve, it's Danielson. Um, Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne, Darby are all from the Seattle area. Man, Seattle wrestling really produced some talent, man. They really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he always has his boyfriend. It, it was it was to the point where Obusi had like a anime pro tag moment in the middle of the match. It was it was insane. For sure. If Bushi is and there, also his boyfriend. And on top of that, I really think if Bushi wants to kill Takeshita, then yeah. he wants to match against him. They will destroy each other in 30 minutes. DDT moment. Yeah. I wonder if Bushi looked lost when Jericho was doing that pose. Is it? Oh, that's what you want. Oh. Oh, the crowd starts chanting, fuck you, Callus, at one point, and the commentary is like, oh, let's listen to this for a second. And they just go silent. <laughs> We also had them almost exactly where we needed them to. Jim Ross was on the Barnett match, right? Because he needed that's like the historian. Yeah. The historian. We needed the historian <clears throat> there. 
So, but we had uh, we had Excalibur on the match with Brian Danielson and Zack Saber because you need someone who knows all the names of the holds. So it was really good. Yeah, he does. Oh, like, like Osprey, Osprey and Guevara, he just like slaps them and then they just fall down like like anime villains and shit. Like he just folks up just and just fold. They just fold instantly. He, he's like, ah, oh, fuck. We need this match, man. I don't know where this is going to take place. We just need this match. They are. Enough. Give it. I, I... It's that meme with Barney how with the duff needle in his arm. Just like, stick it in my right veins. Just stick it in my veins. Yep. <laughs> I want Don Callis to get the Bobby Heenan levels with this um this family he has. Oh yeah. I want it to be like the modern day Heenan family where they just dominate like this. I, I want to see uh and we kind of saw it last the last time we were on a pay-per-view. I want to see where it's like Don Callis introduces one person and gets on commentary and then leaves. And then gets a commentary for another match, like later on down the card, and then leaves. That was so good. That was funny as hell. <laughs> I said AEW just needs to start selling those paintings like that. They should. I mean, these are so it's good. so stupid, but I it's love it. It is <laughs> like it, it. It's it's his perfect level of narcissism on these things. It really yeah. is.
as well. That looked. It yeah. looked good, though. It did. That was a really well done match. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. They win again and become eleven-time top guys. Well, it's every time, yeah, every time they win the titles, that's the, mm -hmm. that's how they become top guys again. Oh yeah. And it was. Yeah. Darby's mission is to put himself in a wheelchair or walk around with a cane by the time he's full. I will say, everyone looks at that spot with the it's steps. It's crazy. If you look at it hard enough, he hits his arm. Yeah. That shit still hurts. But it does it Yeah, he hit his arm really soft. good. Like, yeah, no, he's got a stinger there. Like, trust me, but yeah. he's it is not broken. His it back ain't broke. not, and he and he protected his back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was, it was a was wild match. match. It was an, it was the MJF title match versus Brian Danielson. Yeah, that's it. Mhm. Mm he had like a he had like a cut right here. Moxley's swinging at the air right now. <laughs> Like flip the table somewhere. This is bullshit. It's a Bret Hart thing. Here, take my, take my board, kid. Never mind the blood spot. Good.
No, that's what no, that's in the father no. figure. That, that's what makes that's what adds to his villainy is that turtleneck. It's 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 good though. He's doing his job as a heel. Yep. Mm It was that looked like shit. Yeah, that looked real bad. Yeah, uh, of course he did. Like, I'm like it, it just got to the point where I think they wrestled half the match with this ring exposed. All right, and it's just they're just the last, wrestling. The last third of the thing match was definitely board. with this thing exposed. And this was very. Like you can hear the thump come off of uh, that belt too. Like this is a betrayal of betrayals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole history between Nick Wayne and um Darby Allen is that um Darby Allen was a student of his father Buddy Wayne, who passed away about six years ago, and I think you know him and Nick Wayne were training together during some of that time. A couple of years ago, I think when Nick was wrestling on Defy, Darby offered him an open contract for AEW. You know, when he turned eighteen, you know he would start. And then they brought him in. But I did not see that turn coming, though. I really didn't. Or maybe I did. I just couldn't get the signs.
Right. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I think that, and I think that is on purpose also, because it's like, they know, and like, they know that everybody reads dirt sheets, and they knew this, this guy was coming, so it's like, you know what? Let's just lean on that. We're just going to make a big joke out of it. And then, and then I learned. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was just beautiful timing. They got that for free. Mm-hmm. Which I think Beth Phoenix did. Full time doing week in, week out, even if he's not wrestling. But he is working both Dynamite and Collision. And he's working the Dynamite after, which is going to be on a Tuesday, because he wanted a match against Luchasaurus. They're about the same height. Luch is a little taller. Yeah, it's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, like when like and think about it this way. When if this happened to WWE when Edge was like even when Edge was like, uh, like feuding, say with the Judgment Day, um, that would have hurt the WWE really hard. But they have a pretty good roster now. That you know, losing Edge here or you know, losing someone else there doesn't really hurt them, especially if they're getting Jade. Honestly, the trade for Edge, Edge and Jade Cargill is a pretty good fucking trade for both. When you think companies. about it, yeah, it is. You know, like. I watch everything. And, you know, and, and like, it, it started immediately the moment Edge came out. And, you know, Twitter just fucking exploded. Sell out, traitor. Like, oh, like I'm like, like, do, do y'all go outside and, you know, let me, this is probably, this is going on YouTube. I can't really say what I really want to, but, you know. They need to touch something else other than grass is what I'm alluding to. That's cool as hell. I, I could not process that. I cannot process seeing Sting and Edge in the same ring together. I'm like, these are you two know, guys from two completely different eras. 
and we're just getting them both in the same ring that, in 2023. That gives me the energy of, um, you know, uh, the I don't. This is a little old, so bear with me here. Um, X Men versus Street Fighter. The 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 one part where where Cyclops where Cyclops and, and Ryu shake hands. Shake hands, yeah. That's that's the energy I got. But but like we 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 started this year. Do you honestly think we're gonna see these two in the same ring together? I was like, man, if you told me, if you told like 17, 16 year old me this was going to happen, he probably would have laughed in your face. He'd be like, you gotta be bullshitting me. Well, says Edge, uh, as Sex and Hardcastle back then, was in WCW around the time that Sting was in WCW. I yeah, think. but like Edge was a job. Wait, on was like, they, very different sides of the card, yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> how cool is it that you know AEW has so much faith in Darby Allen that he can just basically put, they can put him out there with all these big debuts, you know? Well, he's not one of the pillars for nothing, right? Yeah. It's kind of what TNA tried to do before all the egos from, you know, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan and everyone got the better. That, yeah, before that got completely wrecked. Billy Gunn looks like a fucking Adonis still. He's like... Mm -hmm. R.I.P. Jack Perry. He ain't dead. He just said something stupid. Mm -hmm. Like, you got Claudio, John Moxley, and Davidson with uh, Wheeler Yuta, who improved leaps and bounds after he joined the BCC. And, then, and I, wish people, I really wish people would see that, too, because that's one of those things that AEW does that I absolutely love and adore about them. Like, they really will put the time and investment into their younger talent because they know they're trying to build their younger talent. And they know that they're going to they're gonna be, in five or six years, the top-tier main eventers of this company. So they're going, they're going out of their way right now to put the veterans around them to kind of guide them. And I love that. I really do.
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, Roderick Strong, I mean, he's a former Ring of Honor World Champion also, so he's been around the block. He's been everywhere. That dude is just a world-class veteran. Dean Malenko on Anderson. I think I think MJF said it best during the scrum. There's a there's a spoil of riches. There's a there are a lot of old people. It's going to be no different with Edge either. I think they're going to put Edge with some. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Edge with somebody who they feel is going to be a main eventer in the next several years. So, you know, Edge is also there, and he just adds to the spoil of riches of knowledge that he has. Okay, Edge has been around since the 90s. Um, he's been in WCW. He's been in WWE. He's had almost a, he's had a 31-year career. I mean, who wouldn't want to pull from that wealth of knowledge? Yeah. He really is. I'm a little surprised that, that he didn't come up with another name. Uh, I kind of did. Kind of did too. <laughs> that would be funny. Going to feud with Christian to end his career. That's pretty great. Yep. I know. I was going to say, I know they wanted one last match with the Hardys to, to cap it off. Because all of them are there now. Mm hmm. You know. And also, and also, they still have, and Top Flight is still there also, so maybe when Dante Martin gets all healed up, you know, again. maybe we can just try it again. Maybe we can just try it again. Yeah. I know. You know, he he would have if all that shit hadn't happened, he probably would have been NXT champion through and through, and he would have been on the main roster by now, absolutely killing it. So,
They can stop getting. Yeah. 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 Dante got injured because of a stupid spot. I don't think they should do. Uh... Hang on, yeah. hang on. Are we talking about stupid spots when Adam Cole like fractured his leg, jumping off, falling his... off yeah. the apron? You know what? But that was a freak I... injury. Yeah. So yeah, that... it was. The um, the telltale sign of them working you is like what happened in the match with uh Zach Saber or not Zach Saber, uh, Aussie Open, where Kyle Fletcher is like, "Hey, my arm, my arm," or whatever it was, or his his he was like my neck, or whatever, and he had he held uh, Osprey, yeah, 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 yeah. One of those Australian people, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, because like because that, that that was like the most violent dragon screw I've ever seen Daniel Bryan do. Like it looked violent as hell. Like his ankle went like sideways like that. And uh I was like I wonder if he. I, I seriously thought he was gonna get legitimately injured from that, but he's fine. It was crazy. Give or take, yeah, yeah. Think, but buddy's on vacation. I think. Andrade was uh, on collision, or well, he was on dynamite. It was good. That was a really good pay per view. Um, Great pay per view. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to keep calling the next pay per view the best pay per view of uh, uh, of AEW's whole entire existence. Yeah, they're gonna slip up, and I'm calling them out on it. I, I would I'm say still... this is their best effort this year because it yes. is their best effort they put forth. Because with the pay per view in such a short period of time from All Out, I didn't think this was gonna be this good. Okay, mm -hmm. I thought this was gonna be the pay per view that took a step back. 
It's maybe slowed down a little bit, but I don't know, man. They just keep producing high quality pay per views, and I'm rather impressed they by keep it. Building ever closer to doing a monthly pay per view, and I'm getting, I get more and more nervous every time they do it. I don't, because I don't think it's going to be as good once they start doing monthly pay per views. Exactly. But they'll, they'll be passable at least, though. Yeah. How long was how long was all out to what Wrestle Dream? About a month. Uh-huh. It, um, I think what uh, it was September third that was all out, and then we had October first, which was Wrestle Dream. So about a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just saying, like, I will love you the same criticism at AEW that I will at at WWE. Oh, no. It's probably going to most likely, it's probably going to be on max if they do so. Have you considered money? <laughs> You're welcome. But I think I think we are long past the days of uh monthly pay-per-views costing that much because now with streaming services, I think that era is coming to an end. So that, that's a good thing at least. You know, you get you pay five bucks a month for a streaming service and you just get it. Which is in late November. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For now. Full gear is November 18th, so it's not even late October. It's early November or late November. It's early November. <laughs> Fast lane. Fast gear. The crossover nobody asked for. That's about it. If if you into if you into that, yeah. Uh, they they just did. Uh, they're doing Cody and Jay versus uh the Judgment Day for the titles, which is okay, I guess. So we're continuing to stall Cody until WrestleMania season. Yes, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, um, so we're, we're gonna have Io Sky versus Oscar versus Charlotte Flair, which should be a good match. I know, but Star. But they already blew that match on TV, so it's like, uh-huh. yeah, they they have to. I was I want them to run it back, but you know they got to put Charlotte in there, so. Because they completely blew that match on SmackDown, so. Yep. Um.
Yeah. yeah. If you like hardcore wrestling, uh, watch the main event. If you like, uh, if you like sla people slapping each other, you've got a couple matches to go through. Oh no no! If you want to be thoroughly sports entertained, the the opener handicap match. Yeah. Like. So go check out Wrestle Dream if you haven't. This pay per view had something for everybody. Yes, it did. Heyman had a good solo match with CM Punk. Uh, but everyone everyone kept watching the, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess. Oh, don't for don't forget we have Survivor Series. It's like I keep saying every time we, we end these things. Wrestling's in such a good spot. If if people wouldn't be so fucking tribal tribal minded about it, like uh it's it's such a good wrestling is so good right now. <clears throat> oh <laughs> yes. Oh god. Did you did you give me a cool stuff? <laughs> it was great. Fuck your shit, King. Good. Oh, did you give me this cool star rating for this for my match? <laughs> That's great. I want to see. I want to see the. I, there's. I've never been so excited to watch an episode of the Wrestling Observer newsletter where it's just Brian Alvarez was like, "Man, fuck Christian." Can't wait. Of course. 
all good. No one knows about it until you say it. December to December. <laughs> we all work full-time jobs. Bye. Night, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Square Triangle. Find us wherever you get your podcasts under the Without Context Podcast. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at WC Network.